Okay, well, let, let's begin. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today for this IDA Ireland webinar featuring Ireland and talking about why it's an EU hub for Jordanian tech firms. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, we, we had a huge response to our to the invitation. Um, over, over 80 companies have registered. Um, and I think that's testament to a, a growing channel of business and trade and investment and interest between the two countries um, and something that we'll explore further today. Uh, next slide, please, Komal. My name is Joe Hepworth. I'm the Regional Director for the Middle East for IDA Ireland, and IDA Ireland is Ireland's Inward Investment Promotion Agency. So we help companies from around the world um, set up um, to come into Ireland to, to create jobs and economic activity. We do a very similar role to the Jordanian Investment Commission, JIC, that you're familiar with in Jordan. And over the last number of years, we've developed something around quarter of a million jobs in Ireland um, from successfully working with companies from all over the world, um, helping them set up, do business in Ireland, access wider markets from there and, and stimulate economic growth. My colleague Eileen Sharp will talk more about this in about half an hour's time. Next slide, please. Um, we've got a full array of, of speakers and content for you over the next hour covering both um, government, private sector, um, not-for-profit, um, a legal aspect, and then there's lots of time for Q&A at the end. And I've already seen a number of, of, of questions and comments come into the chat box there. Please keep those going. I'll moderate those um, and, and, and make sure they get answered at the end. So we'd, we'd like as, as much as possible. Um, before I just introduce um, His Excellency the Ambassador, I would like to make a special um, mention and, and, and thank you to Intaj, to, 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 to um, Mr. Nadal, who's actually not speaking today, but who's been instrumental in supporting us on this. Um, and it's through the likes of Intaj and, and Jordan's really flourishing tech sector um, that that we're doing this because we can obviously see such a community of, of quality Jordanian tech companies that we think um, are right for Ireland and that can, Ireland can really support. So Nidal, if, if you're on the call, thank you to you and your team um, for everything you've done to help us and, and in general. Um, so right now, um, I'd like to hand over to His Excellency, Dr. Vincent O'Neill, who's the ambassador of Ireland um, to Jordan to give some op opening remarks, um, um, Your Excellency. Thank you very much, Joe. Um, good morning. Uh, welcome to this webinar. And I want to thank colleagues in IDA, Tiba, and Intaj for working in partnership with our embassy uh, to organize this important exchange. March is an important uh, month for Irish people worldwide. Next week on March the 17th, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day, which is our national day virtually, of course, this year. Uh, the day is celebrated worldwide by Irish citizens, by people of Irish affiliation, and friends of Ireland from every nation on earth. And the global celebration of Ireland is a reminder of the global reach of our citizens for reason of history, of colonization, and of migration. It's also a reminder of the global nature of our economy. We're a small island in Western Europe, yet we produce 10 times more foods that we can consume, and we export to 160 markets overseas. 
We're also one of the most successful countries in attracting investments to Ireland from some of the biggest countries worldwide. And many of those countries have decided to locate in Ireland for several reasons, the stability of our governments, the favorable nature of our taxation system, the high skilled and young um, age level of our population, uh, the security of the environment, the access to other markets and so on. And just last week, our government announced that a time when most developed economies contracted all over the world because of COVID, uh, Ireland's economy expanded by 3.4% last year. Our exports grew by over 6% last year. A phenomenal sum, really. And most of that is due to the very strong uh, presence of uh, tech industry of pharma in Ireland and the continual continuation of a boom of exports, even at a time of COVID when the world was shutting down globally. So I think our, our webinar today is timely and we want to share with you some of the opportunities for your growth as companies working in the ICT industry and based in Jordan to better understand why you might want to consider Ireland as an EU hub uh, for your company. Our, 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 our embassy is very keen to find ways of strengthening the Ireland-Jordan relationship in several ways that can be beneficial to both of our countries. And we're delighted uh, to be here today to work with IDA, with GBA and with Intaj. And so we commit to helping you if you have queries, if there's anything we can do in Jordan to assist you. Uh, in actually exploring the opportunities for your company in the Irish market. I give you my word, we'll help you to do so. So in advance of next week, I wish you in advance a, a very happy St. Patrick's Day. And I hope you can become part of and share the benefits of opportunities in Ireland and our global reach and strong reputation. Shukran, thank you very much indeed. Ambassador, thank you very much for those remarks. And indeed, the economic growth figures out of Ireland are, are, are exceptional, um, given given the, the, the times that we're in. Um, you also talked there about the, the some of the bilateral um, relationships and efforts. And it was actually a, a webinar that our sister agency did about a month or so ago that Enterprise Ireland did, encouraging Ireland Irish firms to look at Jordan that gave us the impetus to, to do this ourselves. So there really is a very strong um, bilateral link there that we're all keen to grow. And our next speaker is, is effectively at the other end of the, the, the chain to, to um, and the ambassador. I'd like to welcome Mr. Joe Gagan, who's the Honorary Consul of Jordan to Ireland, um, to say a few words now. Joe, please. Oh, un unmute yourself, Joe. <laughs> there you are. Thank you very much and good afternoon to all of our uh, guests in Jordan and good morning to uh, those that have tuned in from Ireland and elsewhere. Uh, I'm, I want, first of all, to compliment the organizers of this event because uh, just continuing from where you left off, Joe, uh, I believe there is uh, quite a lot of scope for collaboration and cooperation uh, between businesses, particularly in the ICT sector in Jordan and in Ireland. And as uh, Joe just said, Enterprise Ireland arranged 
well, with the ambassador and others, arranged um, the first webinar looking at opportunities for Irish companies to collaborate in Jordan. Uh, likewise, and these, uh, and likewise, the same now today to look at the possibilities for Jordanian companies using Ireland as a springboard into Europe. And the, those two events arise from the same fundamental point. A lot of new young businesses have started up in the ICT sector in Jordan and in Ireland in the past 10 years and less. And every one of them, as they grow and develop, reaches a point where in order to continue their growth, they must internationalize. They must uh, market their products or services internationally. And in order to do that, you have to get your various uh, strategies in place and your methods of achieving it. Uh, it for Jordanian companies, uh, once you have uh, developed locally uh, in Jordan and in the region, it would be natural uh, to look at the next biggest market in the world, the EU market. This is a complex uh, market to approach uh, out of the blue. It's made up of so many different countries, so many different cultures, uh, and the business of, of doing business there uh, requires specialist or experienced knowledge and skills. And I'm glad to tell you that there is a wealth of that experience and that knowledge um, here in Ireland, uh, not least because there are, first of all, many of the large multinational companies that you'll hear about located here, but also over the past uh, 15 to 20 years even, um, ICT companies have uh, sprouted up and grown and developed internationally and in the from Ireland and in the process uh, have um, introduced a lot of people to international experience in different languages, different methods of selling and marketing, for example. Uh, and uh, I want to, to say to you that when you think about uh, looking towards Europe, that uh, Ireland probably represents one of the best uh, places that you can start from because of the availability of that international experience based here and operating right across the continent. Um, <clears throat> the second thing I would say to you is that if you're thinking about Ireland in terms of at least considering where you might uh, locate an operation, uh, Dublin obviously is a major centre and you'll hear about, I presume, some of the businesses there. But there are many uh, cities and towns around the country that likewise now uh, have thriving ICT businesses, many of them homegrown and now operating internationally uh, in many sectors or subsectors of the ICT uh, industry. Um, and also, of course, uh, multinationals. And uh, there are cities like Cork and Limerick and Galway that are university cities. Uh, Apple has a very big facility down in Cork, for example. Uh, and many uh, of these people that I talk about that would become potential employees uh, 
might prefer not to be in a big city, but to be in the more, I suppose, relaxed and uh, friendly environments of towns and villages around the country. Uh, and indeed, uh, when Hyada comes to speak, maybe she can uh, tell us about why she, she and her husband picked uh, Hashel. Uh, but I'll mention one other name for sentimental reasons, if nothing else. Um, a village in Tipperary, um, County Tipperary in the Midwest of Ireland called Clock Jordan might be a village to think about. Uh, and you might wonder where that name came from. Well, the origin of the name, it is connected with Jordan, uh, goes back to when a, a stone, a souvenir stone from the Jordan River was brought to that part of Ireland and the stone was incorporated uh, into a castle and the castle became known as Cluck Jordan in the Irish language, which is the stone of Jordan. And while the castle uh, has uh, not survived, a village has grown up in its place, a beautiful place, and it keeps the name Cluck Jordan. So when you think about a global headquarters or a European headquarters, wouldn't that be a great address? To be located at. And it's in the same county uh, that uh, the next speaker's business is located. I must also say that there are quite a number of Jordanians here in Ireland already working in different sectors, including the ICT sector. Uh, and many have uh, studied and graduated from universities and technical colleges here. Some remain and some are in different parts of the world again, a potential uh, target um, for em employees who have uh, fond memories of uh, studying and living here. And I'm sure they would be happy uh, to talk to you. Uh, in the 19 years that I've been doing this uh, uh, honorable role, uh, I have had uh, constant connections and contacts and collaborations uh, with, for example, the IDA, the Industrial Development Authority, with Enterprise Ireland, uh, with the Arab-Irish Chamber of Commerce, with government ministries like the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and various other government bodies that you would uh, interact with um, when you establish an operation here, or if you're planning to do so. And I can tell you from my experience, reflecting what the ambassador just said, there is a very strong um, affection for Jordan in Ireland. Uh, Jordan has a great reputation in Ireland. Um, people just automatically feel positive towards it. And uh, I will be here to uh, work with any of you uh, that decide to either explore the possibilities or indeed to pursue the possibilities and to assist in partnership with the IDA, Enterprise Ireland and others to make your dream come true and possibly in the village of Club Jordan. So uh, congratulations and thank you very much indeed. And I hope we will all, or some of us at least will be in touch in the future.
Joe, thank you very much. And I didn't know about Clock Jordan, so thank you for the history and geography lesson as well. Um, fascinating. Thank you. So I think we'll move on to our, our, our next speaker now, whom, whom you re referred to there, Ms. Garda Hassan. Um, and Garda's uh, business is Innova Pharma and Life Science Limited, based in, in, in County Tipperary. So Garda, thank you. And, and thank you for um, giving up your time to talk to us now. I think we'd all love to hear a little bit about your experiences as a Jordanian person, as a Jordanian entrepreneur, as a Jordanian company coming to Ireland and setting up and a, and a few tips perhaps for, for other Jordanians considering the same journey and, and some of the things you've learned. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, I would like to start my little talk with thanking the organizers for this distinguished uh, event. Thank you, Joe, for introducing me here. And thank you, Dr. Vincent, for the lovely meeting yesterday. Um, well, basically, what was really uh, interesting and encouraging here starting our business in Ireland uh, is the big support uh, from uh, Enterprise Ireland and the IDA. They actually have um, a very helping and support uh, advisors. Their continuous support all the time, like they keep checking, they keep giving information and they they do give uh, uh, huge support, especially for uh, the innovation. Um, I would like to say that top companies, top international companies still like have a big existence in Ireland uh, with open facilities. Uh, they do support uh, like it, it's a big market. Uh, they do support the huge market with different sectors like um, uh, I would like to say like one of the most important points that supports the business, like starting a business in Ireland. Uh, now it's the only lift English speaking country in the EU. Um, uh, there is a huge opportunity, especially for Jordanian people. Um, it's been a long history, like with the Jordanian speaking in English. Um, other than that, the universities and the education here, it's strong which make the candidates um, a very good opportunity. Uh, it's a very welcoming country. It's open to investment. Um, and it's, it's a it has a positive actually attitude, um, which really uh, it's important for us as Jordanian. Um, now Ireland to the EU, it's considered like Jordan to me. Um, especially in business, I'm talking about like a business space. Um, like if to operate in Ireland, especially like if you're opening an, uh, a business, let's say you need an Irish partner. That's a basic. Um, and of course you need a good plan. Um, you need air, an early planning, um, early communication with IDA and Enterprise Ireland. It will always keep you um, well-informed, uh, well-prepared, and basically you need to choose your right firm to support you in accounting and in, in the legal um, way, like in the legal side. Uh, it will help you and it will keep you well organized, well prepared on, on your journey. Um, um, the main thing like, uh, which really is a, a huge 
uh, has a huge importance is the low tax uh, rate. Here in Ireland for business, especially international business, uh, it's only 12%, which is really like encouraging. It's very important. Uh, it's a safe country. Um, the, let's say uh, on the human side, very welcoming, very friendly people. Um, it's been 12 years, our experience in Ireland. It was one of the most yeah, uh, experience, I would say. Um, any questions? Uh, we're more than happy to, to be there. Thank you very much. Gada, thank you. And I'm sure there will be questions. I've, I've probably got a couple for you at the end, but thank you for sharing uh, some of your experiences there and, and, and you know, A, about the sort of the, the, the positive life you found beyond the importance of partnership, which I think this is, is what it's all about today. So, so um, I'm sure we'll come back to you for, for questions after, after sure. that. Thank you. Um, so, so we move on now to our, our next speaker which is Mr. Mohamed Taboub, who's the chairman of the Jordan Island Business Association. Now, Mohamed was, was, was a, sort of the driving force back about two or three months ago saying, let's let's do something here. And the, the Jordan Island Business Association, GIBA, is really at the centerpiece of, of the, the private sector bilateral relationship. Um, Mohamed's a successful um, tech entrepreneur and businessman himself, um, so really has a, a lot to add here. So Mohamed, thank you for, for your thank time you. today and but you. your, your, your efforts in general. And we'll, we'll hand over to you now. Thank you. So I, I have a presentation to do, but before we do the presentation, uh, can you hear me, Joe? Yes, it's a bit muffled, but I think we can hear you. And I think if you just say next slide, then, then we yeah, can run okay. through. Uh, I have a presentation to do, but before I start the presentation, I would like to assure everybody that we all uh, are working together to help uh, Jordanian companies penetrate into the European market and uh, basically build a base in Ireland. Uh, whether it is IDA, Enterprise Ireland, Intage, the Arab Irish Chamber of Commerce and JIBA, we are working together as one team to help you established success in the European market. So please let us know if we can be of any help and how can we be of help to you. Uh, I would like to move into our my presentation and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to make it fast, but basically this is an illustration of uh, why the Ireland ICT market is important to the Jordanian companies and it's a good base basically to penetrate into the European market. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, Joe, yeah. Uh, basically, uh, Ireland has an, a well-established uh, and unique ICT sector in Europe. Uh, Ireland's digital economy amounts to 14 billion uh, euros or dollars a year, and that constitutes 6% of the GDP of Ireland. Currently, over 100,000 digital companies operate in Ireland. Uh, this includes the big uh, companies, uh, international companies like Oracle and Microsoft and Facebook and Google and Amazon and all the Cisco and all the big players. And in addition, there is a strong community of small to medium enterprises in the digital arena working in Ireland. And this sector is basically growing at a rate of 5% yearly, which is significant. Uh, uh, one of the important points to mention is that Ireland is an active member of the EU Digital Nine, which is a group of nine countries in the EU who are trying to create a one digital market for Europe across the board 
and Ireland is a very active member. So whatever digitization initiatives are happening in Europe, Ireland is part of it and is initiating it. So you're gonna be in the center of all the activities if you are based in Ireland. Next, please. Joe, yeah. Uh, now, uh, talking about some of the uh, hot areas in Ireland and in the ICT market, the subsectors of the ICT sector, if you will, there is a growing demand on the cloud services in Ireland, both at the SaaS software as a service, uh, a platform as a service, and infrastructure as a service. Many of the end users and the businesses in the different verticals are moving into the cloud. And there's a very high demand on more data storage because the data is exploding. There is a growth rate of 74% yearly almost on the data for the end users. So there is a growing demand to, to use more cloud options and to move the data on the cloud. So whoever is providing cloud services in Ireland uh, has a good opportunity. Now, uh, enterprise software is also taking a very good part in the ICT sector in Ireland. Basically, we have more than 55 data centers currently in, uh, in, in Ireland. Some of them is the Amazon and the Facebook and the big ones in addition to some small ones. And basically uh, there, are, uh, there is a huge investment on the enterprise software which mounts to around 250 euros yearly, whether it's enterprise content management, document management on the business intelligence and analytics, uh, the database and the web servers and the portals. There's also uh, an annual expenditure on the security software of around 125 million euros and an annual expenditure on the security software of around 85 million euros. So if, if, if you're a company which, are, which is operating in any of these arenas, there is a good demand on your products and services in the Irish market. Next. Next, please, Joe. Yeah, now uh, there is a high uh, and good initiative uh, project, and there is a Cork Smart Gateway and the Digital Limerick projects in Ireland. And they're focusing on building internet of, uh, of things solutions on the healthcare, energy, transport, public sector and manufacturing sectors. So that's also another area of focus in Ireland. Next, please. Uh, and there is also uh, next, I don't see the next one. Yeah. Uh, did, did we skip a slide, Joe? No? Okay, so uh, if, if you're a software company, whether you're a big player or an SME, uh, 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 there is a good opportunity to work with some of the system integrators and the value added resellers in the Irish market because they're always seeking for new solutions and new partners to work with. And also if you have a cutting edge solution that you would like to present to Ireland and to the European market, then Ireland is a good base for that. Next, please. Next, please. Sorry for the delays, everybody, but I'm facing difficulty uh, seeing my, my presentation slides. 
in some of the sectors that are of interest, basically the financial sector, the health sector, the public sector, the transportation sector, two things that needs to be drawn attention to is that there are regularity, uh, reg regulatory uh, requirements in the European market that are is driving that are driving change and inviting people to come in and join the success. One is the DSM initiatives, which is a digital single market of Europe. And this will enable the free flow of data between the different European countries. So any digitization solutions in the, uh, uh, that is helping the DSM initiative will be welcome in Ireland. And whoever is working in Ireland in the ICT sector has to take care of the GDPR regulations about the privacy of data of the European citizens. So this is also a mandatory requirement for all companies. And this constitutes an opportunity for people who provide GDPR compliance services and solutions to come into the European market. Next, please. So basically, uh, we are here to help you basically uh, penetrate into the European market. We're, helping, we're helping Irish companies come to Jordan and we're helping Jordanian companies getting to, into Ireland. And we're trying to create B2B relationships between Jordanian and Irish companies. Uh, Ziba is here to help you. We're working with IDA, Enterprise Ireland, the Arab Irish Chamber of Commerce and Intaj to really make this happen for all of us. We talked about an initiative of starting an incubator for the Jordanian companies in Dublin whereby Jordanian companies can have a low-cost startup initiatives in Dublin if they, they'd like. This is something that has been postponed a little bit by the pandemic, but we hope that we will be able to, we will be able to overcome it soon. Next, please. Very good. So that's, that's the end of it. Please let us know, communicate to us, and thank you, Joe and IDA, for helping us make this happen. Mohammed, thank you very much, and, and, and thanks for bearing with that sort of that lag there that, that just makes things a little bit awkward. But I think, I think the message was clear on on the opportunity and 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 how to position it, and 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 obviously how Jiba can help. So th thank you very much. Thank you. So now I'd like to introduce um, my colleague Eileen Sharp, who's the head of our growth markets division. Growth markets covers the sort of the high growth, exciting markets like the Middle East, and Eileen is going to tell us a little bit about. IDA's work and, and how IDA can support companies like you and, and the role we would play in this journey. Eileen. Uh, thanks very much, Joe, and good morning and good afternoon to everybody. It's uh, really a pleasure to be here. And uh, can I say I was really, really impressed with uh, Mohammed with, uh, with your presentation and the detail in terms of the opportunities. Um, it's very, very good. So I, I think I'll pivot my, 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 my own words um, slightly uh, so to avoid uh, replicating what, what um, Hamad had said and, may, and maybe talk to you about um, IDA. So IDA is um, a government agency. So essentially we work for the government. Um, our job is to encourage foreign direct investment into Ireland. So we're 100% funded by the Irish government. So if you like, there's a couple of uh, key areas of focus. 
first of all, attracting foreign direct investment from around the world. Secondly, so that's bringing the business into Ireland. Secondly, providing assistance to companies. Actually, I'm not using the slides, Joe, you can leave them go. Thank you. Uh, providing assistance to companies to expand and develop the business in Ireland. So what does that mean from a Jordanian perspective? We'd like to work with Jordanian investors who are looking to internationalize to expand their market opportunities. Once they make a decision to locate in Ireland, we then work with them on a partnership basis to try and help scale, develop and expand their business in, our, in Ireland. So as an organization, um, we, we're supporting about 250,000 jobs at this stage in target companies. We um, operate on both vertical and horizontal lines. By horizontal lines, I mean the different sector, or vertical lines, I mean different sectors from financial services to all areas of technology, to life sciences, to engineering. And we have recently established um, a, a critical um, green economy um, area of, of the business. So if you look at the technology space in Ireland, I think Mohammed gave a very good perspective, but from a geographical perspective, um, we've had some key techno international technology companies operating in Ireland since the late 50s, and they cut across all geographies. So traditionally, the US has been our primary source market. So as has already been mentioned, most of the big players are there. Everybody from, you know, from Apple to Analog to Intel to Facebook to LinkedIn to HubSpot, and it goes on and on. There are many, many thousands. Um, from a European perspective, Europe, Europe is the second largest source market for, for Ireland. And we have some of Europe's biggest players like uh, Siemens and Ericsson and SAP, etc. Asia Pacific is becoming an increasingly important market for us. And we have some of the largest um, uh, Asia Pacific technology companies, uh, including some of the key companies in, in, in China, like Huawei and, and TikTok. TikTok recently announced um, its decision to locate um, its European headquarters in Dublin. And actually in the context of COVID-19, they managed to establish their operation to um, recruit, hire and onboard over 1000 people in the middle of the pandemic. So that's an example of how I think the technology um, business is pivoting um, to, uh, to, to adapt to the remote setting. Um, in a very summary form to say, you know, wh why would Jordanian companies or why does any international companies, why would they choose Ireland? Well, first of all, the track record. As I said, there are many thousands of companies in Ireland in the, in the technology sector. So that history of success in terms of just attracting supporting, expanding, and building technology companies is a key factor. The second factor is uh, talent. Um, you know, there's a highly educated skills, multilingual workforce. Um, what was referred to earlier on, we have a very, we have a very international um, environment in Ireland. So if you take some of the companies that were mentioned like, um, LinkedIn and Facebook and Google, 
there are up to 50 different nationalities working in these business. So it's a truly multicultural society with multiple languages. Um, to enable that to happen, there is a very fast and very flexible um, employment work system in place. Um, the connectedness of Ireland, because Ireland is actually so, so small geographically, it facilitates a lot of connectivity between international businesses, small Irish businesses, large Irish businesses, technology centres, research centres and the universities working as a collective. Tax has been a very strong um, um, incentive in Ireland, if you like. So our cor corporate, he corporate uh, headline tax rate is 12.5%. And then uh, companies then benefit from a 12.5% or 25% tax credit. And of course, a very extensive network of tax treaties. Our commitment to the uh, EU is very strong. Uh, this means that Jordanian companies looking to locate in Ireland will have full access to EU, the EU, both labour market and the EU market. This is really important as you try to expand your business um, in Europe. So what exactly do we do if there's a Jordanian company that's interested in looking at Ireland as a location from which to um, expand their business? First of all, we work with you locally. So if you're interested in looking at uh, uh, developing an international footprint, we'd ask that you talk first to um, our local representative, Joe, um, who's on this call. Joe will then link you with somebody in Ireland, um, somebody like Josh, who will become your partners. So you'll have two partners. You'll have one locally and you'll have one, one in Ireland. The job then will be to introduce you to peer companies, companies that are in a similar business as yourself, that have invested in Ireland, that can share their experiences with you. Joe and, and, uh, and Josh, giving you an example, will provide access to you to the government system, introduce you to industry associations, and introduce you to third level institutions, to technology centers, etc to allow you get behind the technology um, a picture, if you like, in, like in, in Ireland. They would then talk about uh, designing and developing a tailored fact-finding site visit for you. That is where um, your company would come and visit Ireland. You'd come to Ireland, you would be met at the airport, and then you would be escorted for two to three days and that gives you a time to meet with peer companies, to meet, to look at commercial property, to meet with service providers, and to get a real feel for the um, business environment in Ireland. Now, clearly in the context of COVID-19, that isn't possible, but we have pivoted those uh, site visits virtually. So this is something that can be done virtually um, while we, we, we work through this virus. Um, IDA also provides various funding programs and incentives uh, that may be applicable to your business, depending on the nature of the business, the scale of the business, the location of the business and the potential of the business. We will also help and support you in terms of employment uh, permits, um, visas and property solutions. So essentially IDA is your partner. 
as you consider looking abroad and look at Ireland as a potential location for your investment, we will assign people to work with you right from the start. And that partnership will work right through until your, your decision is made. So I, I hope this has been useful and um, I look forward to the Q&A and I look forward to uh, having the opportunity to work with you into the future. Thank you. Eileen, thank you very much and, and thanks for, for giving such a, a good overview of, of the work we do as IDA and indeed how we can help you both from a sort of a macro level but really down to holding your hand and getting you in front of the right people to help you um, develop your comfort and confidence in Ireland. Um, and that leads nicely into our, our next speaker, uh, Mr Dominic Conlon, who's the uh, partner with Le Mans uh, solicitors to talk a bit more on the regulatory side. I think it was something that um, a couple of the speakers have, have already mentioned about EU access and Eileen touched on visas and things. So I think Dominic now for the next five, 10 minutes is going to talk a bit about that from a legal and, and, and regulatory standpoint. Um, there's uh, from, from Dominic's own uh, admission, there's quite a few slides here, which I don't believe he's going to cover, but these will all be shared with you afterwards because they're very good aid memoir for you to Sort of reference on how visas work, how this EU law works, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this will all be shared with you, even if if Dominic doesn't directly um, talk about that specific page um, um, now. Okay, Dominic, yeah. thank you. Over to you. Thanks, Joe. Um, hi, guys. Uh, good morning to everybody in Jordan. Uh, uh, so good afternoon to everybody in Jordan, and good morning to everybody in Ireland. I'm going to try and strike a delicate balance here. Um, I'm going to try not to bore you uh, too much and at the same time deliver some useful information to you. As Joe has said, I have some very full slides there and there's far more information than I could ever deliver in this sort of format. But uh, I did want you to have a useful little reference booklet of most of the legal issues you need to think about if you're looking at coming to Ireland and exploiting the EU from Ireland. So uh, I would encourage you to have a look at it and, and to give me a shout and give the guys in the IDA a shout if you do have any queries. Thanks again to Joe, Eileen and Josh in asking me to speak here. Just very briefly, Le Mans, we're a full service innovative corporate firm. We're mid-sized, our model is fixed fee to give clients cost certainty. And some of our lawyers have worked and lived indeed in the Middle East for a number of years. So we're well placed to assist you on your journey here. What I'm gonna try and do in the next five to 10 minutes is to discuss very briefly the typical business structure, which most people set up in Ireland, then I'm going to briefly discuss how you how you sell and move goods across the EU, then how you sell and move services across the a little bit on how you get regulated if you're looking regulated fintech. I don't think I'm going to get to the slides about Irish tax and visas, etc. But there are some um, detailed slides there for you to look at presentation. So uh, moving quickly along, most people coming to Ireland utilize what's called an Irish private limited company. Um, uh, they're a very clean and very simple uh, form uh, of entity. Uh, they only require one resident EA director uh, and one secretary. They can be incorporated in five business days. They can have one to 49 shareholders. There are no thin capitalization rules unless you're in a regulator. That means you don't have to put in a minimum level of uh, into the company. There are some public filings which have to be made in the Irish company's house. Um, about the company, including uh, who beneficially owns the company, but it's a very well-trodden path, and a company can be up and running for you within five business days. 
Moving on then, um, let's look at the EU itself and how you can exploit it from Ireland, uh, focusing firstly on goods. Most of what I'm going to say here is well known, well understood, so forgive me if I'm born in Ireland teaching my grandmother how to suck eggs, but it's useful to run through it very briefly. The EU is the world's largest market with 500 million consumers and 20 states. Fred is one principles uh, of the whole uh, experiment and project here. That means there are no import-export barriers across the 28 member states. Once you're inside the EU, you're free to trade in an unrestricted manner across the EU for the vast majority of goods and services. Um, so our, Ireland's membership of the EU gives anybody doing business from here a very valuable trading right, an opportunity. Uh, hidden barriers to uh, trade within the EU are prohibited, so there can be no discrimination on the on the grounds of nationality or, or anything similar uh, within uh, Ireland. Uh, when you're in the EU, there's a single customs uh, tariff um, mechanism. That means once goods are imported uh, into the EU, be it through Ireland, be it through France, uh, there are no other customs uh, laws or tariffs which have to be complied with. There are certain restrictions uh, on a limited number of uh, sectors of goods where there's issues of public security, health or policy, but they very rarely arise. The key tax in terms of import-export um, across the various member states is VAT, and VAT has been harmonised. Uh, there are different VAT rates in different member states, but the way VAT is applied is, is uniform across uh, the EU, which makes things very, very easily understood once you're up and running. Um, certain categories of goods, again, have some additional relations which apply to them, as do, um, which is of relevance for the technology sector, goods which can be described as dual-use goods, which have maybe a military use, but again, uh, we rarely come across those sorts of issues helping our clients uh, trade across the EU. Okay, um, moving along, um, unhelpfully my slides seem to have frozen. Um, here we go. Yeah. Um, so when you're trained from the, uh, within the EU, you're largely free to specify whatever terms and conditions uh, you want to use. But all customers, you know, the, the central core principle is all customers within the EU must be entitled to access and purchase the goods which you're offering uh, on similar terms, not just Irish customers. Similarly, websites, um, you can have country-specific websites, but they have to have the same information and the same opportunities for anybody, be they uh, living in Lithuania, living in Ireland, living in France. Um, uh, if you import uh, uh, or export goods above a certain value, there can be certain statistical reporting requirements, uh, but it, it, it is really uh, re reporting rather than anything else. Um, okay, moving on then to people, that's one of the other core principles. Uh, uh, so actually, once uh, you're resident in Ireland, uh, you're entitled to, to, to free movement uh, and access across all member states of the EU. And the object of the EU directive is to realise the full potential of service markets in Europe by removing uh, legal and admin barriers to trade. And, and that's very, very important. And essentially, uh, that means when you set up in one member state, you're entitled to bring a workforce and to set up in other member states as well and to do business business in those uh, other member states. So um, a business from outside the EU, such as a Jordanian business, once it's established in, Ar in Ireland, is entitled to go and do business in other member states. And, and that's uh, vitally important. And you can do that either by setting up a primary operation in, a, in another member state, so incorporating a subsidiary, or a secondary operation. And that's uh, normally setting up a branch or appointing an agent to work in that geography. 
uh, and the host member state is, is obliged to offer the same uh, access and entitlements to information and treatment in relation to tax and banking as uh, domestic uh, client, uh, um, uh, businesses are afforded. Um, the EU has importantly harmonized numerous uh, laws across numerous sectors, including and particularly important in fintech, which is my personal first love uh, in relation to financial services. And that's been of enormous benefit to Ireland, harmonizing uh, laws in relation to finance, insurance and banking. And the general principle is that uh, a bank or regulated entity, which is licensed or regulated in Ireland, can uh, provide services across the other uh, EU member states on a passporting basis. And we'll move on briefly to touch on how you get regulated in Ireland. Um, I'm going to actually go back to those slides now. The Irish regulator is the Central Bank of Ireland. Currently, over 400 uh, financiaries operate from Ireland, and the Central Bank has oversight over those um, uh, entities. Ireland is globally recognised as a sophisticated fin uh, fintech hub, um, and we um, leverage Ireland's uh, traditionally strong uh, banking sector and expertise uh, and our strength in the, in the tech sector. Um, so uh, e-money uh, e institutions um, are, are two types of regulated entity that fintech clients um, uh, very often look at setting up here in Ireland. And there are about 30 of, of those sorts of institutions licensed uh, in Ireland at present. Uh, and the, the path to becoming licensed, well understood, very well trodden. Um, the Irish Central Bank is, is well regarded as a regulator. Fintech companies uh, in Ireland benefit from a very streamlined and, and uh, efficient uh, bureaucracy, uh, which is uh, transparent uh, and, and uh, clearly understandable. Uh, to become authorised as an e-money institution or an authorised payment institution in Ireland, um, you need to essentially demonstrate that the mind and management of the relevant uh, uh, entity is, is in Ireland. Uh, that can, can have to have perhaps four to five employees at a very minimum, but you do need to show the majority of the decision-making executive of the company, um, be it majority of the board, management, are based in Ireland, uh, that the head office is based in Ireland, and that that entity has the capability and finance required to actually um, run and operate uh, and manage itself from this jurisdiction. Um, Capitalisation is a requirement as well. Um, uh, there are initial capital requirements for payment institutions. Central bank requires to be uh, in the relevant entity, um, ranging from €25,000 to €125,000, depending on the type of uh, payment institution service which are going to be delivered. And e-money institutions have a minimum capitalization requirement of €350,000. And that's a relevant uh, relevance for a lot of um, potential clients and customers looking at setting up platforms, uh, financial platforms in Ireland. The approval process dealing with the, the uh, central bank is a five-stage process. Notes kind of very quickly, briefly touch on it. But uh, 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 in essence, the central bank are open to meeting with uh, applicants. They do expect you to have a well thought out uh, and well constructed um, business plan, which demonstrates your knowledge, etc. But they will meet with you to chat through the plan and to identify any gaps in it before you formally file it. Um, the the process number of months central bank with applicants how the process is and, and to, to, to the maximum extent possible uh, applicants negotiate um the the uh, the regulatory uh, process uh, apologies my, my my screen is frozen again for some reason uh, next slide please there guys uh, if possible dominic dominic can i just step in there i think, uh, again, I think we are having again. some connection issues so i might just if if i can just ask um 
what we'll do, we'll, we'll obviously we'll share you details afterwards. We'll share everyone, all the speakers details afterwards, and then they can get in touch with you. So you're obviously touching on some really important stuff there around um, CBI regulation and, and things. Um, but we've got five to 10 minutes left. Um, and I just want to make sure that time is used. So, yep. um, so sorry about Thank that. And, and, and to everyone else, thanks for bearing with us on those those connection issues. So now is, is Q&A time. Um, and I see there have been a few questions and comments that have come in. Um, we've also had a pitch from Joe McGrath, who's the Chief Executive of Tipperary County Council, um, who was <laughs> right on there. So, uh, Joe, thanks for thanks for pitching in there and, and for sharing your details and on all roads lead to Tipperary by the sounds of it. Um, thank you very much. Um, Dominic, while you're there, there's there's hmm. a question here from, um, from Amir. Um, the various points raised are they applicable initially to all goods and services? Um, I think probably around EU access. Is this a correct understanding? Um, so, you know, I guess, does that sort of EU access and passporting apply to all industries, including ICT? I, I hope I've interpreted yes. that correctly, Emma. It, uh, it, in essence, it does. As I said, there are, there are a couple of products um, which do have uh, additional um, considerations applicable to them, such as um, chemicals, uh, tobacco, uh, firearms, uh, alcohol, etc. But we very rarely come across any such issues in the tech space, uh, unless the, the relevant technology has a dual use application, you know, which is a, a possible military use. Uh, there, there are some additional um, uh, rules and regulations which are applicable. But in essence, if you're setting up a a SaaS uh, offering um, uh, or platform uh, here in Ireland, a uh, software company, etc. Once you're up and running here, you're entitled to trade uh, right across the EU, and there are very few rules and regulations which would impede your ability to do so. Very good. Thank you. And one that came in at the beginning, and Eileen, I'd ask you to, to come on, on this because it's, it's probably a government question. Um, do the authorities foresee that people who are fully vaccinated may not be required to quarantine? Has there been discussion about sort of, you know, vaccine passports? Yeah, do you know what, uh, Joe, there has been discussion about uh, vaccine passports, as there has been in every other corner of the world. Right now, the legislation has just been put in place to facilitate the uh, mandatory quarantine for visitors coming from... Um, a list of, I think it's now 30 countries. This means that people traveling in from these countries um, will be required to do a mandatory qu uh, quarantine for probably 14 days in a designated facilities. And um, these are hotels that will be operated by one, um, one group. Uh, there are, I think, four, hotel, four, hotel groups, four hotels in Dublin. Um, on top of this, there, there is an expectation that um, there would be um, people will be required to have a negative COVID test on arrival. To be honest with you, this is happening as we speak. This is evolving as we speak. Um, and what the authorities are finding is that people are taking, uh, taking the action to ensure that they are actually COVID negative before they leave their, their uh, destination. And then uh, another COVID test on arrival. So the regulations um, are being put in place as we speak. But yes, it is getting tighter. There is no, um, in terms of, of vaccine passports, not yet. And I think this will come from Europe rather necessarily from Ireland itself. The ambassador may have another comment on that. 
Uh, Vincent, I'm not sure if there was anything else you might have wanted to add to that. Thanks, Eileen. Thank you very much. And as you say, it, the, these regulations are being put in place as we speak. Uh, I, I note yesterday that the guidelines issued by CDC in the US about people who have received vaccinations, one of their recommendations is that people with vaccinations wouldn't be required uh, to go into quarantine over longer periods of time. So I think we'd have to wait and see, does that issue, is that issue adopted by the Irish government? I think uh, it's probably likely that it would. Uh, so I think it's related to the, the, to the vaccine issue. So I think that that's all I have to say on that. But other, other than to say is we will, we will upload all of the travel information relevant of, for travel from Jordan to Ireland and vice versa on our website so that you're fully appraised of it and you can come and ask us if you have any uh, specific questions about it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. Um, question from Tarek Kaur. Um, more detailed information about the market size, etc. cetera. Uh, Tarek, absolutely. I think what we would need, I think that's probably one for me, for you to tell me what what your angle is, what you're, what you're selling effectively, and then we can help you. What you know, help you understand that. But I think, when you know, when you say market size, I mean, I think as as we've all outlined throughout this this presentation, it's about that EU market size. Um, but if uh, my details are there, let let me know a bit more about what you do, and then and then we we can help you address that. Um, from Yazan, what's the first step to take as a Jordanian fintech to pilot or explore island opportunities? I think. I'm going to ask Garda to comment in general on first step to take as a Jordanian company, Garda, if you can come in in a second. But I think that, you know, your first step probably starts with me, Yazan, so I can do sort of, like I said on the last one, understand a little bit more about what you're wanting to do and what you're wanting to achieve so we can then introduce you into the right channels of support. But Garda, I mean, you spoke about this on your presentation about, you know, a Jordanian company. What would your first what would you advise first steps to be well mainly the first step would be like contacting an accountant um to open up a bank account like and uh, contact a solicitor uh to set up your company basically the accountant would do all these basic formalities for you um registering the company setting up the account um, setting up the shares for the partners or let's say the directors um, mainly, this is the main points. Like, uh, it is the first step, honestly. Right, and, and that's that's the that's the route you followed, is it, Gada? Sorry. Is that the route you followed? Yes, definitely. Very good. May I come on this, uh, Joe, please? Please, Mohammed. Yes. Yeah, because I am watching what Yazan also asked. He was asking about what are the first steps not to register a company, but to explore the uh, fintech opportunity in Ireland. So basically, uh, exploring the opportunity would really take two or three uh, things to look at. One, we need to understand what are you doing in fintechism. And uh, basically, is this something that needs regulatory approval from the central bank in Ireland, mm -hmm. like Dominic was saying? Or is just this is an IT company that needs to partner with the banks and sell their, their products to the banks and to the fintech companies that are operating in Ireland? Uh, one mm -hmm. of the things that uh, is good and recommended is to really find people to partner with in Ireland. 
because uh, people in Ireland know their, way, their uh, ways around and basically they'll tell you where to go and who to talk to and they'll help you sell like we help companies from Ireland selling in Jordan. So these are my, my two, son, two cents on your question. Yeah, and if I could add, Joe, uh, on that, the, the, the basic rule of thumb really is if what you're doing enables you to access funds of consumers, then you're kind of closer to, to, to needing to be regulated. Uh, if that isn't the case, hopefully you don't need to be regulated. The central bank um, runs what's called a hub, which is kind of like a, a sandbox, and they're very open to um, uh, dealing in, an, in a kind of um, a friendly way uh, without formal applications uh, for, for companies which are in the fintech space, want to know whether they need to be regulated uh, and want to explore um, uh, how their products work and how they're viewed by the central bank. So that's very helpful um, uh, um, for, for companies such as uh, those we're discussing here, I think. Thank you. Um, look, uh, we are, we're out of time here so and I appreciate there's a few more questions so you've got my email there like I said we will share all of these slides this recording and the details of all of the speakers with you in the next 24 hours so you've got those um, I'd like to just hand over to my, my colleague Eileen for, for, for some closing remarks um, um, but I'm aware everybody need, needs to move on Eileen uh, may, may, may I interrupt for one minute? We've got a very important question from Samir Mbarak. Uh, Samir has and is running a very successful company, an international company in multiple countries. He wants to start a branch in Ireland so of his company. And mm -hmm. we talked about this yesterday with Rada. So please, Samir, if you can connect to me, I'm very delighted that you're interested. And we'll work with Joe and IDA and Rada to really help you set this branch in Ireland. Thank you, Mohammed. Well, well, well spotted. Yes, exactly. Please, please come through, Mohammed, and come through me, and we'll 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 help you with that. Um, Eileen, some some closing remarks, please. Yeah. Um, th thanks very much, Joe. Um, I suppose it, it just it just a couple of things to say. Um, first of all, uh, thank you very much to everybody that has has attended. It's really great that uh, that so many people came online. Um, the purpose of this really, this whole exercise was to try and open the door for businesses that are even thinking about looking at internationalizing. So for us, um, the next step really is direct contact with Joe, Joe Hemforth, and you have, you all, I think, have his details to have a chat about what your uh, plans are, um, what your ambitions are to open the door in terms of a discussion about how compatible Ireland may or may not be for your business. So this really, the purpose of this was an open invitation to businesses in Jordan to start engaging with us. And just to go back, um, secondly, on the question that came up on the central bank, part of that discussion might be a discussion with Joe on whether or not your business activity may or may not require regulation we have a lot of expertise in IDA that will help you with that process and will help you ease um, that process with, with the central bank. So I would encourage everybody to maybe have a think about what we've said and feel free to call Joe to um, maybe look at whether or not it's appropriate to take a next step. And we really look forward to, to, to working with you. 
And uh, finally, I suppose I just want to say uh, to thank Vincent, the ambassador. I thought that was a lovely um, speech and the references to St. Patrick's Day were so appropriate. And Joe, your extensive experience in, in, uh, um, in the Middle East, but clearly in Tipperary as well. So uh, listen, it was, it, was, it, it was lovely. And Mohammed, very, very interesting. Um, and Dominic, thank you for your expertise as well. So overall, personally, I think it was a very successful webinar and I, I hope it will be the start of um, a partnership going forward. And I just also, Joe, uh, to finish, I'd like to thank you very much for, because I know it takes a lot of effort to get you know, 80 plus people online. So well done you and thank you very much. And I'll, I'll hand back to you now. Great, thank you. Thank you, Eileen. Um, I echo those thanks to, to all of the speakers. Thanks for your, for your time, preparation and efforts today. And to the 81 uh, people who registered, we look forward to hearing from you in due course and, and we'd love to help you. So I wish you a very good day ahead and, and thank you for joining us today. Goodbye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye, thank you.